Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, a lot of stuff going on in the world today, wouldn't you say? Um, for the last couple of years, and... Uh, Man, we're going to just, as the Bible says, Jesus said to do during these days, he said to watch and pray. That's what he said to do. Uh, And so that's what we need to continue to do, watch uh, through the word of God. Uh, I was going to talk a a lot about it today. I I will maybe mix it in with my message because uh, what God uh, has called us to do and be doesn't change no matter what is going on in the earth. Amen? Uh, and so uh, we've been in this series called We Are the Church, kind of rebooting it from uh, previous uh, years. If you're new and you're joining us for the first time, we've been talking about our identity and our vision and purpose. Those three things, how no matter what is going on in the world, those three things never change, uh, who we are in Christ. And, uh, and so I'm going to talk today about purpose. Won't you stand with me, open your Bibles to Matthew 5. And I will kind of incorporate it into the day that we are living in today. Many are saying, you know, is this the uh, famous Gog and Magog war of Ezekiel 38 and 39? I mean, I don't know uh, at this point. I don't know. Um, I just know this is uh, another sign. We are living in those days. Is this the end of the world? I don't think the the world's going to end tomorrow, but I do think we're getting close. I think we are drawing near. Um, we do not have just one sign of the times or a couple. Uh, as one prophetic uh, man of God who I really admire and respect, he said, 100 years ago we had war and famine, and throughout the years we've had them, but the only difference between times past and now is we don't have just one or two signs. We have all of them right now. Uh, and so now is the time that we just watch and pray. And Jesus also said, occupy until I come. He said, don't panic, don't run, don't, you know, uh, occupy until I come. Raise a, your family, work your job, be the church, and occupy until I come. And stay ready. If you stay ready, you don't got to get ready. And, uh, you know, this is the time to lean into the Lord, to hear what the Lord says, and what this is going on in Europe with Russia. Um, you know, I'm not ready to say it's uh, Ezekiel 38 or 39 or, Re- or Revelation 17. I know, the, I know eschatology. I love that topic. I may get into that in the next coming Wednesdays. Uh, but right now, I don't know what that is. And if you see the Arab nations joining in with this, if this does turn that way, then, then okay. It, it could be that. But until now, this is just uh, evil that is just coming out of Russia and trying to just kill innocent people. Uh, and the Bible does talk about that in these last days, but we are the church, and we need to stand up against evil. We need to take a stand of righteousness and stay. I don't know, and say no matter what's going on in this world, I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to influence others. I'm going to be the light, the city on the hill, the salt of the earth. That's what I'm called to do. We are the church. I mean, it, it doesn't change because there's a virus. It doesn't change because there's a war. It doesn't change because you may lose your job. It doesn't change because you get a bad diagnosis. It doesn't change because your car breaks down. You are still called to be the church in the earth. That's who we are. Amen? Amen. I don't know whatever, what you might have came to hear today, but this is River of Life, and we preach the word here. Amen. 
we preach the word straight into you. And here in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus, the greatest teacher of all times, is teaching on identity of all things. And he is given us, and then he begins to talk about our purpose. And here in verse 13, let's just read it together here. Um, he begins to talk about our purpose. First, he talks about who we are as disciples of Christ, and then now he begins to say what we do as followers of Christ. And he says in verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Tell the person next to you, you're supposed to be salty. <laughs> I was going to uh, title this message, Stay Salty, my friend, but I don't know, it been, that might have been taken the wrong way. So he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. Wow. Then he uses this analogy, this metaphor. He says, you are the light of the world in a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Nor do they light a lamp and they put it under a basket, but they put it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. Let your light so shine before men. Let me say that right now, in spite of what's going on in the world today. Let your light shine right now in your world. If you're a parent, let your light shine in your home. To tell your kids they don't have to be afraid. We trust in a, a God that's mighty. We trust in God, a, a God that is in control. That's how you'll let your light shine. He says, let your light shine before men so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Thank you, Lord, for your word and for your presence that's always here with us whenever we gather in your name. I pray, God, that today you'd anoint me to speak your word. You anoint our hearts and our ears to receive what you would say for us today, this day, as we are in your house. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. And... Um, Bible prophecy, yeah, that's a real thing, and uh, as Jesus has already uh, told us that these days are going to come, life just goes on, and uh, been a very emotional week, personally, in our family, ups and downs, and good news is, is yesterday we did get some great news, we, we found out that uh, we're going to have a baby boy in the, amen, congratulations to Miranda and Tyler, and uh, so I'm going to have a grandson. So if I get, uh, you know, sidetracked today, uh, I was putting my shoes on this morning in my little room getting dressed. I looked up and I saw our, our board games up in the closet. You know, we got Monopoly, you know, and, which we're not allowed to play in our house no more because someone cheats. But anyway, we got <laughs> Monopoly and then we got, uh, we got, you know, Yahtzee and that. And then we got Bible trivia, you know, and that's all cool. And I got to looking at those and I says, you know, just in a couple of years, not long, I'll be playing those with my grandson. Kind of changes things, don't it? And uh, so, yeah, a lot of changes going on. And I told Miranda Tyler, I said, okay, we got to talk about this. Every time you have a big event of celebration, something happens in the world. They got married. A week later, we shut down for COVID. They have their gender reveal, and we're in war. Anyway, I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know what's going on. But um, the Bible says, Jesus said this. He said to occupy until I come. And that's what we need to do, and that's what we need to continue to do. And no matter what happens in the world today, uh, our identity, and that's what we've been talking about, is our identity, our vision, and our purpose. That never changes. And 
I like to say it like this, if you don't know who you are, you don't know where you're going and you don't know why you're here. So no identity, no vision, no purpose. But when you K-N-O-W, this is what we've been learning, when you know who you are in Christ, you know where you're going and you know why you are here. And that's why the enemy tries to fight us so much in that area. Many people don't know who they are. And when you don't know who you are in Christ, you start to blend in with what everybody else is doing and whatever is going on. It's just not something that young people do. It's something that adults do. You know, everybody on my job does this. And so I'm just going to be like that, like everybody else, and do that. Everyone raises their kids like this. Well, I'm just going to raise my kids like that. No, no, if you are a Christian, that's who you are in Christ, is your identity is in Christ. Everything changes. Everything changes in how you, you work your job. Uh, everything changes in your relationship, whether you're dating or you're married. Well, all the dating couples, they do this. And all, all this. No, no, no. Well, if you're dating and you are a Christ follower, you then change the way you date, right? You cha- everything changes when you know these things. And these three things, they feed into one another. The more you know who you are, the more clarity you have of where you're going and how you are to live your life. And the more clarity you have on, on knowing why you are here. In purpose, And that's what Jesus is teaching here in Matthew chapter 5. He starts off with the Beatitudes. He's saying, blessed are you when you go through hard times. Blessed are you when you're persecuted. No matter if you're persecuted, if you're made fun of, if people are mocking you, he says, you are still blessed. No matter that, you're blessed. Blessed are you, you that, are, that are financially, that are poor. Poor in spirit or financially. No matter what your economic status is. If your identity is in Christ, you are blessed. You are blessed. No matter what your bank account says, you are blessed. No matter what happens to our bank accounts, we are blessed. We are blessed. Amen? We are blessed in Christ. Amen. And then he begins to move here in in his purpose. And he says that we are here for a reason. And he uses these three metaphors. Salt, light, and a city. And I love to uh, use the Message Bible here. And I love this. I love how the Message Bible really brings it out and telling us why we are here. So this is for everybody that may be asking yourself, why are you here on planet Earth? Why are you here? Maybe you have made it through a serious tragedy and you've got a second chance in life and you're asking yourself, why am I here? You know, we may ask ourselves right now, well, how come we're not in, in dealing with Ukraine? Well, you know, we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but as of now, we haven't had that experience here. Uh, so why do bad things happen? I, I mean, I don't know. The Bible is filled with that, but Jesus is getting ready to tell us why you are here, why you have a second chance, why you are on planet Earth. I love how the, it says it in the Message Bible. He says, let me tell you why you are here. <laughs> I love that. Purpose. Jesus is getting ready to give us our purpose right now. This is why you are here. This is your purpose in life. Are you ready? And he uses metaphors. Jesus always taught that way. And he says, number one, I love it, salt. You are to be salt. The seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. That's what your purpose is. That's what our purpose is, is to bring out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? And you know, a lot of things are chipping away, I believe, at our saltiness. And a lot of people are are starting to, and Jesus throw that in here in his teaching here. He says, salt is good. But the first thing he said is, if it loses saltiness, if it loses the ability 
to bring change to a culture, it's good for nothing. Remember again, if we lose the ability to impact culture, if we lose the ability to bring change, Jesus said it's good for nothing. We're, we're losing our purpose. We're forgetting our purpose. What's, what is salt? The, the most obvious characteristic of salt is that it is essentially different from the thing in which it is put in. Listen to this. I was just thinking about this. Salt is different from whatever it is added. And its power comes from that. Its power lies precisely in the difference. Jesus told his disciples that their ability to impact the world lies in their difference from it. That's so good. If you salted your food and you put salt on it, but it tasted no difference, then that was a waste of salt. It didn't do its job. It would be good for nothing. Jesus is making that parallel with that metaphor. Not talking about food, but he's talking about you and me. So what do we do? We keep adding salt. But maybe it's just bad salt. Salt is supposed to just put a little bit on there and it enhances that flavor. That's exactly what our purpose is in life. We are, we are to enhance God's godliness and, and moral change in the culture today. Everyone else is going crazy. Everybody else is panicking. Everybody else don't know what to do this and do that. And they're running to this substance or whatever, running to this and that. We are called as a church. Our purpose is to be salt and say, hang on, that's not what you need. That's not what you need right now. This is, this is what we need to do. We need to bring change to the culture. You don't need to have fear. You can have faith. Faith triumphs over fear. You're being, you're being salt. That's exactly what salt does. If it isn't different, then it, is, it isn't useful. Jesus said if it's not bringing change, then it's not being useful. Salt, it brings change. It's the power. Jesus told his disciples, man, this is how you're going to impact Rome. This is the power is in you being different. So don't try to, try to blend in. So many times we try to blend in. We try to blend in with people. We try to blend in with what, what everybody else is doing in school, what everybody else is doing on Snapchat, everybody else is doing in this TikTok, whatever. And we try to blend in. And God says, no, that's not what we're called to do. We're called to be salt. Salt is different. Salt brings out the godliness in these situations. God points, it brings people to God. Say, hey, listen, let me tell you. What is going on? It's not just a, a crazy dictator over there in Europe. There is a spirit. We don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and spiritual hosts of darkness and wicked and all that in Ephesians 6. There is a spiritual element to what is going on in the world today. That's what we're called to do as a church. That's why you're here. That's why you're, you're listening. That's why you read your Bible. That's why you worship. It's because God is putting, making you more salty. But if we, we detach from the things of God and we just grow numb, we ignore the Bible, we don't worship no more, we just be, begin to blend in, I'm telling you, you're going to lose your power, lose your ability to be effective in your world. And it's just another seasoning. God is not going to be able to use you. Well, that's ready, my family, I'm not making a change in my family. Are you being salty? You're not doing your purpose. I, I told you about a thermostat, how, how a thermostat just lines up with vision and, and, and uh, identity and purpose. It's this great illustration. You and I are supposed to be what? Thermostats, not thermometers. Thermometers just tell you the temperature in the room. It's 80 degrees. It just becomes 80. The, the thermometer gets red. If it gets cold, the thermometer goes down, right? But a thermostat says, no, no, I have a vision. I have a setting that I stay at. God put that in me. I am called to be salt at 75 degrees. That's my vision. That's my identity. And no matter what the room is, if the room is too cold, my purpose is to change the coldness in this room. 
I'm going through a hard time, Pastor Randy. I'm losing my ever life in mind. Yeah, but you got a secret power inside of you. Turn it on. I'm just defeated. I'm just going to run around. Man, turn your thing on. You got power in you. A defeated Christian. Man, you're losing your identity. That's who we're called to be. We bring this thing right back up. How do you do that? Through your praise, through your worship, through leaning into him and say, oh God, I need more of you. And then you start watching the change happen around you. Hallelujah. Man, the enemy tries to get us so defeated. All he does is speak his lies to us. And people are tormented and scared to death, man. But we got power and a greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. So that's what, a, that's what a thermostat does. That's what it does. It sets the temperature in the whole room. It changes the atmosphere. That's its purpose. That's what Jesus is saying that we're called to do as, in, uh, is to have our purpose. Salt also preserves meat. They would use it in the temple to preserve the meat for the sacrifices. And there was a lot of meat. And so they would put a little bit of salt. They put salt in there that preserved the meat. And what it does is it stops the decay. We are called to stop the decay, church. We are called to stop the decay. Stop the decay in your families. Has, has there been a generational thing happening in your families where just from generations to generations, they experience this decay of sin and, and, and sorrow and divorce and shattered this and shattered that and pain? I'm telling you, that's the effects of sin. The wages of sin is death or decay. Death is decay. Put your body in the ground and it will decay. It's death, it's decay. We're called to be salt and salt stops the decay. This is so good. It stops the decay. Morality and purity, that's part of preserving salt. Let me tell you, morals protect people. Being a moral person is not a prude or something crazy. It's about protection. If I'm a moral person, you can be around me. I won't injure you. I won't violate you because I'm a moral person. If I'm a moral uh, business owner, you can invest in my company and I won't uh, embezzle money. Because why? I'm moral. See, the world tries to make morality something stupid and old and prude and, and not fun. But I'm telling you, moral is what exactly is making the difference. If, if Putin was moral, he would not be going against Ukraine right now. See how morality works? It's not just for church people. And God says, you are the salt of the earth. You are to be pure. Morality protects people. In a relationship, you protect your other person. That's what morality, because you got morals. That's what morals do. Don't make fun of me on my morals. Ain't nobody making fun of uh, people's morals when you start, when they're having a bad time. They're, you'll be the first one they come to. Because morality, that's what Jesus is saying our purpose is. So we are to be salt and we are to protect people. We are, that's what salt does. It preserves. It preserves truth. We are to preserve truth, the truth of God's word in, in culture today. Truth of God's word. I went really heavy in this a couple of weeks ago about marriage and sexual immorality, man. And I know everybody else is doing the opposite in our culture. But we're not culture. We're salt. We're salt, man. And we go against it and we say, hey, man, you know what? By the way, this is a blessed, more blessed way to live. <laughs> this, is, this is a more, this is how you get the blessed life. This is how you get the blessed life. I don't know about you, but 
I would be feeling real comfortable if I was in a relationship with a moral person, if I was dating somebody. I would be very comfortable to know that, hey, he has my back. He's protecting my purity. He's not trying to damage my purity. He's protecting my reputation. He's protecting my future. Amen? That's the power of being salt. That's what Jesus is calling us to be here is salt. That's our purpose. It's my purpose in life. Then he begins to talk about light. And this is what I was thinking about the last couple of days with things going on in the world today. When Jesus said light, by the way, he didn't, you know, we think of light bulbs. But Thomas Edison was not around during these times. There was no light bulb. GE wasn't around, DTE or whoever. So whenever Jesus talked about light, he was talking about fire. He was talking about fire. He was saying, you need to be on fire. You are called to be fire. Look what he said about John the Baptist. He said, John the Baptist, he was the burning and shining lamp. And you were willing for a time to rejoice in that light. He called him a burning lamp. What did John the Baptist do? He pointed people to Christ. He pointed people to Christ. This is what we're called to do. And I'm telling you right now, Bring it into today. This is what we have a great opportunity right now, more now than ever, is to lead people to Christ. Is this the end? Like I said, I don't know, but I know we're getting closer. The Bible, I mean, people, I heard this all over the news. We are so shocked to see this. And I, I was surprised. It looked like a movie. It looks like a movie when you watch the film and the, the news media and the clips that I'm sure all of us are seeing from Ukraine and the war and thus, but it's not a movie. It's not a video game. Real people are dying. 137 Ukrainians died in the first day. If you're 18 to 60 years old as a man, you're not allowed to leave Ukraine. You are commanded to take up arms and defend your nation. 18 to 60. Whether you are against war or not, you're getting a machine gun. That's the, wall, that's the law right now, right now while we sit here. That is exactly what's going on in a community that is only seven hours ahead of us in time on the other side of daylight saving. That's right where they are. It's going on right now. That's what they're called to do. But people are seeing that, and, and it is bizarre to watch, but I'm really not that shocked. Why? Because you read the Bible. I read the Bible. This is exactly what the Bible talked about would be happening as we see the, uh, the approaching of Jesus Christ coming. So what do you do? You pan No, you don't panic. You don't go crazy. You lean into Christ. You come closer to him. That fire needs to get closer. You need to get closer to the Lord and let that fire burn. I was reading this last week in our devotion. Linda and I got away last week, and it was, it was so nice to, to get away, and we went down to Florida promised land during the winter it's the promised land <laughs> you can have it after april amen so anyway but we we're down there and uh got to catch a little bit last sunday i didn't get the chance to thank teen challenge but they did a phenomenal job last sunday didn't they teen challenge those of you that were here amen <laughs> love that ministry and they did a great job and uh, and one brother at the end there, Brother Andreas, he's got a powerful testimony how he came from addiction and everything. And uh, he shared a little bit at the end, but I've heard his full story, and it's amazing. Fifty-something uh, years old, he enrolled, went back, got his master's degree. He's been clean and sober for like 14 years, and he's just, uh, just amazing. Why? Because he's the salt of the earth. 
he realized his identity and his purpose in life was not to get high and run around out there on the streets, but to live for Christ. And as soon as he turned his life around, you see how it works in, in every area, man. And you start impacting people. Now he's discipling men and women with substance abuse and changing their lives. But you've got to have fire to do that, church. You've got to have fire to really make a difference. That's what Jesus is saying. Our purpose is to let our light shine. Get on fire for Jesus. How do you get on fire for Jesus? You choose to get on fire for Jesus. You are as close and I am as close to Jesus as I choose to be. Let let that sink in. You are as close to Jesus as you choose to be. I am too. I'm either all in. I mean, some people take their time and they get in like they're getting into the pool and they take one, one foot at a time. And some people do that with Christianity. And as long as you get in, I'm saying get in. Others of us, we like the cannonball. Cannonball, and I, I did that when I got saved. I cannonball, and however you do it, but now is the time. Let me encourage you. Okay, some of you have been on a step with ankle deep of water for seven years. Get in. Get in. What else has got to happen today? Please, what else has got to happen? Well, Pastor Eddie, I still believe. No, no, you need, you need to go from just believing in Jesus to loving Jesus. Believing in Jesus is going to help you be, you know, a Christian. Loving Jesus is going to help you overcome sin and be on fire for Jesus. That's that love falling. That's what fire is. It's passion. It's on fire. I love God. I don't just believe in God. I believed in God when I was out there running the streets and involved in street violence and, and doing drugs and shoving drugs into my body and being in and out of the legal system. I believed in God. I would pray to him every time I stood before the judge down at Murphy Hall of Justice. I would be down there in front of the honor. Uh, Your honor, I've really cleaned up. I got my dad here. He's a pastor. And he, you know, and dad, I dragged my dad down in there. And, yep, we're praying for him. And he's really turning around. He kept the job for two months now and we're so proud of them and I would run through the whole shenanigans just to run back out into the old world and there I'd go right back I stayed three days sober then I'd go right back to the party I'm not going to drink though I'm driving tonight an hour later I'd be back in jail why? I believed in God I had no relationship with him I had a religion and Jesus said, listen, man, when this thing starts getting closer to my return, the world's going to go crazy. Perilous times will come. People will be lovers of themselves and lovers of God, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of right, unholy, uh, filled with bitterness and resentment, disobedient to parents, ungodly, violent. He describes it. Paul said, that's perilous times are coming. But you, Timothy, run toward me. Be passionate. Stir up. Fan into flame the gift that you have. Fan into flame. Stir that fire up that you have that I've given you. Get on fire for Jesus. Get on fire for Jesus. Choose to get on fire for Jesus. It's a choice, and we jump in there when we make that decision. Now's the time to do it. Lean into Christ. Come on, guys, let me just lean into you. Most of us know so much more about everything else in the world. We can tell you how to you know, take an engine apart and put it back together. We can tell you the football stats of every quarterback coming out of the end. And I love football. You know that I'm a sports guy, but that's not my passion. If it interferes with my passion, my number one passion is Jesus Christ. Nothing gets in and dilutes that passion for Christ. That's it, and that's how we are, are to be these last days. We've got to let that passion for Christ burn. Look what Jesus, uh, God said to Moses in Leviticus. He says, and the fire, he said, the on fire on the altar shall be kept burning, 
and the fire shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn uh, wood on it every morning. This was the law in the tabernacle. They had to have a fire burning 24-7. And every morning, Aaron, his job, the priest, his job was to come over and to put wood onto the altar and lay it in its order. It had a precise way of doing it. A fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never, ever go out. That's, who was the priest? Well, you are a priest. The Bible says in the New Testament, in the Old Testament, shows us how to live in the New Testament. And in the New Testament, the Bible says part of our identity is you are all called to be priests and kings. We are called as a chosen generation. We are priests of the Most High God. Think of that. Tell the person next to you, say, you are a priest or a priestess. You are a priest. You don't have to go to a man and have a man pray to God. You can come to God all by yourself. You can come to God all by yourself and pray, our Father, he's your Father. My job as a pastor is simply to equip you for the work of the ministry. And that's what I'm doing right now by reminding you of your identity, reminding you of your vision, and reminding you of your purpose of why you're on planet Earth today. That's my job is to equip you and to provide a ministry here, an opportunity for you to use your gifts and your talents. And that's what we're doing. It's It's amazing. Vision Sunday was, uh, was outstanding. It was an amazing day. We had 38 people, 40 people signed up to join a ministry team here at River of Life. Amen? For, yeah, give God praise for that. 40 of you said, you know what? It's time for me to get involved. From a greeter to an usher to a life group leader, many are coming to growth track tonight. Come to growth track tonight. Meet you in the front at River Kids. Come in the family entrance and come in there tonight, 6 o'clock. Why? Why is that stuff important? Because God called you. Your purpose in life is to, uh, as soon as someone got uh, converted in the Bible, they attached themselves to a local body, a body of believers, the church. Amen? That's what we're called to do. But that fire, before I go on, is that fire is so important. That fire has to stay hot for the Lord. And we all have those times when our fire begins to go out a little bit. A lot of things have happened, been happening. I'm just here to encourage you, man. Put another log on. You know what else he he told the priest to do? He said, tell Aaron to remove the ashes. Remove the ashes. Remove the ashes and let that fire burn hot. Some of us have ashes from how it used to be back in 1970-something. I got on fire for God and filled with the Holy Ghost at that camp, 1999. What have you done last week? When's the last time you prayed in the Holy Spirit? When's the last time? Do you know your word? All you got is ashes. Why did God tell him to take those ashes out? Because the old ashes can hinder the fire and the flame for today. You hear that? Come on, Christians that's been saved over 10, 15 years. When's the last time you shared your faith? Think about that. I'm not here to make you mad. I'm here to challenge you. When's the last time you shared your faith? People's going, you're going you're to have many opportunities in the days and the weeks to come as people are seeing what's happening in the world. And I don't know what's going to happen in Europe. As I said, you start seeing the Arab nations getting involved. You start seeing Iran moving in. China's already looking at Taiwan. If that does happen, then maybe we do have an Ezekiel 38 and 39. And if that's the case, then, man, you really, we really need to start really getting our oil. If you're not full of oil, if you're not full of the Holy Spirit, if you're not really leaning into God, man, now's the time to do it. Please. 
I, I don't know where you are in your faith and in your religious system of beliefs. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ with everything in me, please believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He is the Son of the living God. He came and he died for you. Turn to him. Turn to him. Put your faith and trust in him and make him your Lord. And man, I got good news for you then. No matter what happens, if you don't quit, we win. That's it. That's the sum of the whole eschatology teaching. Right there is we're on the winning team. Even though we may look bad at times, in the fourth quarter, two minutes left, and you're down by 35 points. No, it's not a Lions game. It could be life. But God can turn it around. And that's how life is. That's what the Bible teaches. But that fire, guys, that fire, that fire is what is so important. You got to keep that fire burning. Then he ends with the city on a hill. And let me just mention this because I do want us to pray and have altar time today for the fire to burn in our hearts. This is what God has really put on my heart is that fire. But he does mention the city on the hill. And when I think of the city on the hill, I think of a church. What, what did the city on the hill represent? Well, when people went to the city, they went there for more than one thing. They went there, it was a resource center. They went to the city to get materials to build. They went there for medicine. They went there for food. They went there for clothing. And Jesus said, and this is, I believe, the purpose of the church. The church is supposed to be that, that center in, in its neighborhood, in its community, where it is a city on a hill where people can come and get resources. We are to bring our talents and our gifts together. Yeah, you can, you can help a foster kid out, but join in with the church and we can do 55. Amen? This is what he's talking about. When we, when we come together as a church and we, and we, you know, we do so well, I, I, I buy a, my coffee at Starbucks. Good. It's nasty coffee. But anyway, you can. Buy it from the stream and help support a missionary. I mean, this is, you know, I can read my Bible. Amen. Read your Bible. But what we can do is use your gifts and talents and abilities here at the church. Not only in spiritual things, but also physical things. Joining a sports team. You like to play sports. Good. But you don't, gotta, you don't have to go to your city to play. You can jump in here and play. And now we got our basketball rims up. Don't look up, but you can look up. We got our new basket. Did you guys notice that? Some of you might not have noticed that. Our brand new rims. We will have a basketball team here. Basketball for Christ. You're going to play ball somewhere. Your kids are going to play ball somewhere. Why not do it here in the house of God? Why not have people call here? I shared with you the story a couple weeks ago. Our chief of police called us when they had a fire in the community and said, Hey, I called you because you're the church. What an amazing testimony. That is. That's what Jesus is saying. Our purpose is to be, is to do, is to be the church in the community. Right now, the church is in Poland is standing together. They're coming together and they're helping thousands of refugees coming. What if you have people, I don't want to join a church. I don't want to be a part of church. They can just come to my house. Okay, you can do that. Why not join a church and be a part of something bigger than you or me? That's the, this is Jesus' ideal was building the church. To be a community, a, a community resource center. And that's what God has called us to be. But the thing about the fire, I wonder how, this is really where the Lord stirred my heart. We had a lot of things the last couple of years begin to chip away at our fire and our heart for God. You know, if you had COVID, we did. And if you had it, you know that might have took your smell and taste. 
And so people try anything to get their taste and smell. My brother still had, we, yesterday at the uh, gender reveal, all that good food, he couldn't taste a bit of it. <laughs> Felt so bad. Trying everything to get her taste and smell back. And I lost my eye, and thank God I got it back right before Thanksgiving. God is good. God is good. I prayed. I fasted. No, I didn't fast. I prayed. And as the worship team comes, I want to end with a time of prayer. I was thinking of how many, I wonder, COVID took our taste and smell, but how many did he take our fire? How many lost their passion and their fire for the Lord? It's unbelievable to me of how many people in the church world has begun to exit the things of God during one of the most global, unstable times. It, it's, it's Bible prophecy. Yeah, Jesus said at the end times, believe it or not, there will be a great falling away. I, that always, I always wondered, how could people fall away from God in the one time they need him the most? I never understood that scripture until now. It's amazing. I'm talking people 20 and 30 years walking with Christ that are now into some weird religion. And those that, I also see that this whole thing has been like an accelerator. Those that were kind of lukewarm are totally cold. It's like accelerated all the way. And Jesus said, listen, man, I don't want nobody to, if you're lukewarm, he said, I will spew you out of my mouth. I want you to be white hot. This is our purpose, man. And maybe you've been struggling in different areas and you say, Pastor Eddie, what does that have to do with my family? I'm struggling here in my marriage. I'm struggling here in my work. Listen, I have everything to do with you because that's your purpose in life is to be salt and to be fire. You get that right. You line that up right first. Everything else will begin to fall clearly in line. There's even a scripture for that. It's Matthew 6, He says, seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Amen? That's what he said. Seek me first. And what are all those things? Well, he's talking about finances. He's talking about food. He's talking about, he said, look at the birds of the air. They don't worry and fret. God takes care of them. And Jesus has that whole teaching on God. He's going to take care of us. Then he ends by saying, seek him first. I just wonder if there's some folks here today or watching online and maybe your fire is kind of taking a hit. You're kind of like just coasting right now. I'm telling you, you're losing your purpose. You're called to be on fire for Jesus. It's not just for pastors or some. Man, it's for all of us. It's to be on fire for him. open up these altars. We're going to sing another song. We got time. We're going to take up an offering, which I skipped over, and we're going to take up an offering here at the very end, and there's a website link I'm going to have them put on the screen, and if you want to help out Ukraine, the Convoy of Hope is there right now, and they're helping the refugees in Poland. They got a a, uh, resource center set up, and you can take a picture of that on your phone, and you can give financially to that give an offering here in a minute, but right now can we just stand? These altars are open. Where are you with your purpose? How are you doing with your purpose, your fire and your salt? You on fire for them? Are you really making a difference? Are you really impacting? Are you kind of like man, taking a, a lot of hits and losing your saltiness and you're, you're losing that fire? Well, not to condemn you, I want to encourage you. Get it back. You know, God started that fire. 
to Aaron and the priest. God said, I'm going to start the fire. You got to maintain it. God has started that fire. He started a fire in me when I was 25 years old. Man, this went down full of ashes a few times. My, my fires almost even went out a couple of times. But when I get along with God, I start removing the ashes. I thank you for what you did in the past. But God, what are you wanting to do now? And I spend time in his presence and I call out to him. And I humble myself. Humble myself. Instead of being all proud like I know everything. I don't know nothing. Humble myself in his presence and say, God, I need you. I can't raise my kids without you. I can't be a good husband without you. Let alone lead a church. I can't do anything without you, God. Lord, and every time I do that, he says, I've been waiting on you to do that. I've been waiting on you to do that, Eddie. I've been waiting on you to do that, Eddie. Come on. I'm going to fill you with my fire. I'm going to fill you. Here comes some flames. Here come those tears and what's happening. I'm getting my fire back. You know what? It's funny. It it trickles into my marriage. It trickles into my family. I'm not angry. It trickles into my emotions. It calms me down. Who am I talking to today? Who needs this? Who needs to hear this today? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands to the Lord right now. We're going to sing this one song about some prayer time. And then I'm going to close with us taking up an offering. That's how we're going to dismiss. But right now, Let's worship right now. Stir that flame. Some of you need to remove some ashes right now. Remove some ashes. He, he made it. He made it through COVID. Amen. Okay, that's awesome. Now we're going into another situation. Come on, get that fire nice and hot. Come on, get rid of some sin. You need to repent before God. Get rid of that harbor, those uh, uh, attitudes and unforgiveness. Come on, these altars are open. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you received some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, and God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen